Welcome back, podcast friends, to I Am Healthy and Fit. I Am Healthy and Fit is the affirmation that begins changing your health and fitness from the inside out. I'm Steve Jordan, your health and fitness coach. Welcome, Linda Shelton, to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here, and what a great uh, opportunity to reconnect with you. It's been quite a while. Thanks so much for asking me, and I'm thrilled to do this with you. Um, congrats on all your success and and the podcast and everything you're doing. You know, I think philosophically we're aligned. So looking at the important side of what we do, it's more than our bodies, and uh, need to move forward, particularly today. A- absolutely, and no question, we are aligned. Uh, you know, we've worked together on several projects, uh, connected. You know, in in all ways on all Facebook, social media. Um, I've always admired you for what you do and how you do it. And the reason why I admired you is because you have a high standard and the standards, you know, begin with education. They begin with, you know, working health and fitness from the inside out. And that's what really this podcast is all about. I am healthy and fit is about building health and fitness from the inside out, beginning with one of the most important muscle, if not the most important muscle, which is your brain and your thoughts and your belief patterns. And today, uh, boy, we're going through a lot of challenges with the coronavirus and breaking our, our beliefs and our, our system down, you know, literally globally in a sense that, you know, people don't know really what's going to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to have you on here for so many reasons. But first, let's start a little bit about your background. I want a lot of people who don't know who you are. Um, and if they don't know who you are and you are in the fitness industry, you must be training under a rock because... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, are, you. you are literally one of the, uh, you are a pioneer, an icon. You've been inducted into the, the Health and Fitness Hall of Fame. Um, you've been the director of Self Magazine for, shape, 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 Mag- so, sorry, shape Magazine for 25 years, 27 years. Uh, you were also the, with Viv Magazine, which I was featured in there as well with Ariana Huffington, which was super cool. Um, and, you know, we've done a lot of great things in this industry, and there's a lot of people right now uncertain about their future in this industry. And if you're not in the industry, just uncertain about life. So, you know, without further ado, let's get a little background on, uh, you know, your, your longevity in this industry and how you've been able to rise to the top. So first, let me say that the, the stress that we're all going through and, and is not leaving anybody out of it, by the way, um, you know, I, I've gotten so many calls when this all started to happen. Um, and I, I feel responsible. I'm kind of like a, one of the original mothers of this industry. I started teaching and training and creating certification and programming and training personal trainers when there was no personal training. I was doing personal training in 1979, training personal trainers, how to be personal trainers, group Mm. X, how to do group X in 1980. And then the rest was history. Once I became part of an, of AFA and wrote their standards and guidelines along with Marty Steele West and et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is that, it's an ever changing industry. And the calls that I've gotten have been from people who've said to me, um, you have been around a long time and for, and you are a visionary, which is true. You know, I've always been ahead of myself, which is not always been to my advantage. You know, someone's done the same thing I did 10 years later and, and made a lot of money. I've been there before. Yeah. I, uh, well, I've been there many, 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 yeah. many, many times. And, you know, kudos that they did it, but, Dang, you know? I know. So at least I know it was a great idea. But the point of it is, is that um, being a visionary simply means in my definition of it is 
kind of different than how many people consider a vision within programming and education and how we deal with social media or how we deal with our clients or whatever it is. And, you know, when people call me to, I mean, I write programming for a living. I'm a content provider. I get hired to do content, whether it was for magazines, whether it be for video, you know, I'm a producer director. So I've been directing, producing, directing videos with my own company for 20 years in that production industry for almost 40, honestly, and, um, and helping other companies. What I've done for the last 10 years of 20 is to help companies, especially now is to globally launch. Like how do you launch? And now we have to factor in the social media factor in, who is, what's your USP for those that don't know what that is? What's your unique selling proposition? Like what makes you the differentiator? So I'm the, I'm the push that mm-hmm. says, someone says, I say, what's, why are you special? And someone says to me, X, Y, Z. And I go, well, I need to tell you it's, I know it sounds special because it's yours, but that's what everybody tells me. So like we need to dive deeper. So I'm the dive deeper girl. Nice. And I'm the one who says to people, when you get done working with me, you're going to understand your program and you're going to understand yourself. You're going to understand why people should come to you and you're going to find your niche. You're going to create your community and there's nothing that is cookie cutter about it. And if you want to enter the hit space or you want to enter the yoga space, like everybody's doing it. So why would someone choose you? So the, the visionary and innovative part of what I bring to someone's business is to actually have them acknowledge what it is, not just a great idea. Mm. And then talk to them about the verticals or their potential because you can't just launch in one vertical anymore. Very rarely can you do that. And I've spent my entire career, even with the magazine, in being that person. So when people started to call me a couple of weeks ago, when all this started to come in, I got tons of industry calls. For the last couple of weeks, I've been on global calls with committees, people from all over the world, you know, and with in this country only. And like, what do we need to do? And I feel responsible, which is where I started this conversation by saying, you know, I, I know I, I'm considered a thought leader and which is, you know, really humbling for me, but it's also scary because I don't have the exact answers. And I feel responsible when people call and say, but you've always figured it out. You've always, you kind of know where everything is. Like, and I go, well, here's the deal. Here's what I do know. And this is what I'm going to offer, you know, as a starting point to our conversation today. Great. We are an industry of people who make lemonade out of lemons. We are an industry who put band-aids on everything because we know how to solutionize. We are people's um, ability to uh, release stress. We are their motivators. We are their psychologists, particularly if you're a personal trainer. You're their everything. You're their mom, their dad, their they, you are their person, you know, it's like on crazy anatomy, but you know, Christina, you're my person, right? <laughs> so um, we are their person. And in group X, we're the same thing. They come to just let go of everything. And right now there's no place to go. The good news is the fitness industry is everyone's jumped on Facebook or zoom. It doesn't mean everything's amazing, but we've immediately shifted within 48 hours. The industry made a massive shift. The good point is we did it. There's a couple of things that we as, as professionals have to think about. One is how we get paid because we are professionals and it's good that we're do-gooders. But, you know, since I've started in this industry, people have thought we should just not get paid anyway because we love what we do. Well, nurses love what they do too, right? Real estate agents love what they do. So we all love what we do. So it's not about whether fitness cares or not. 
it has more to do with value and not losing value and not losing integrity. And the other thing is it's great we're putting band-aids on it now, but whatever we're doing in this space of helping and um, contributing and doing what we do so that the people who love us and the people that come to us, so they're not losing their workout, where are we going to be when it's all over? Because our industry has changed forever. And anyone who thinks that it's going to go back to, well, the clubs are going to open, everything's going to be fine, um, need to have a reality check. And I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm saying that as a reality. We all need to look at what the fitness industry looks like three months from now, a year from now, when the clubs open, when people want to buy product, when someone can afford a personal trainer again, because they can't afford you now. And maybe some can. But it's a different way of viewing the industry now that we've discovered that we can do what we do and not have to show up at a gym. The other side of it is, as we all know, anchors are doing their shows from their basement, from their kitchen. And we all have dogs. I mean, my dog's downstairs right now, you know, gated in in the kitchen. Jersey, so right? The, the, yeah, J Jesse. Yeah, the dogs hey, are here. The dogs are – he's nine months old right now, so he's full of himself. The dogs are wandering around. Kids run in, you know, in the middle of the news. We know big business who has said that we can't work without there being a workspace. Now all of a sudden realize that we don't have to show up and we're actually more productive when we're able to function. And how do we create community and do it that way now? Because that's the new reality. So my challenge visioning and envisioning what's coming is to not look at the band-aid that we need to do right now. Lots of people are doing a great job with that. I feel that my my ability to work with others as a, as a community, as the community comes together to say, where do we need to be? Where do we put our foot down and say, no, where do we, my whole big thing is integrity. And I've left massive positions over my career, you know, substantial incomes, a lot of notoriety because my integrity was so tested that I've, I've left mm -hmm. cried, done the whole number but I, it, it went against the grain of everything that I know is right. It wasn't about being on position. It was about integrity. So I think everyone's integrity is also going to be tested hmm. moving forward. And, and, it's, and a lot of people probably are feeling tested now. Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah, certainly. No doubt. Um, you know, it's a well, you know, we talked about this a little <laughs> bit off the, you know, off record before we started recording you know, I opened up my fitness studio um, in 2007-8 when the economy crashed and it was one of the most devastating periods of my life where I had zero dollars in the bank, over $100,000 in debt from the investment of opening and, you know, three months behind on my bills and nearly thinking I was going to tuck my tail between my legs and go home, crawl home to my family in New Jersey. It was devastating. But, you That's know, right. what you said- That's You're a Jersey boy. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. And it's a, you know, it was resiliency. Like you said, it was integrity having to do things that I didn't want to do where I thought I was at the highest level of my career, which in, you know, perception, yes, I was. However, you know, I had to give sessions away pretty much. I had to hold on one second. So yeah, I was, you know, like I had to, I tucked my tail between my legs or thought I was going to have to and, and go back to Jersey where I'm from. And I was able to, to weather that storm and really look within and go back to my core values of why I got into this history, what makes me, what, what, it, what had brought me to the, to the space that I was in, 
And it was love, the love for what I do, the love of helping people, the love of making somebody have an abundant life from, you know, health and fitness. Uh, the passion, you know, I've, I've always been very passionate as a person, but health and fitness makes me more passionate and brings that out. And then abundance. And it wasn't abundance about me, 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 give me money. And at that time I really needed it. Um, you know, but it was about how much can I give you? How much can I serve? What can I offer you that is above and beyond what anybody else can do so that you see the value that you, that, you know, trainer, B, C, and D could offer you because I'm the one giving you, you know, so much. And so that helped to, to really bring light. And now, you know, we're in this space, we're in, we're space with this again as, you know, health and fitness professionals, but as, you know, people in the world, um, you know, in your opinion, where, where does the values of, you know, we talked about it earlier, professionalism, integrity, resilience, um, where do they come into play and how do we exercise those now in this latency period before we get back to uh, a, a, an ability to work again, to be back into you know life and do the things that we love to do? Um, I think it's a good point. And I think we have to start with ourselves. So, you know, there's a lot of people on social media, as you know, I mean, I know you're on social media, I'm on social media too. And, you know, there's a lot of jokes, at least on my Facebook page, you know, not LinkedIn is more of our professional site. There's very little of what I'm about to say, but Facebook is kind of everybody's kind of, I'm going to call it the hangout place. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a lot of people talking about, you know, posting. I know everyone's trying to find the humor in all of it, you know, free for all with the refrigerator. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you exercising? And I think part of it has to start with us and our own well-being and being able to examine our own resiliency and what we'll settle for and what we won't settle for and what works for us. Because innately, the reasons you came in this field, I think is the reason that 90, the authentic side of our field, that's why we're all here. You know, I decided at a very young age, I was 11 when I decided I wanted to teach physical education mm. as a living. You know, I did teach high school for 10 years and I coached for 20 and then went into, you know, adult fitness the whole way. But it's because I know what it made me feel like. I started running and competing at a really young age. I was seven and this was, you know, I, I'm probably going to date myself here, but it was the 50s and there was no activities for girls, athletes in at that time, not a lot. But it was how it made me feel when I got stressed, even at a young age to know, then going through puberty and everything else is like, People say, well, where's Linda? Well, she's out running. Well, she's on the track. Well, she's because I know how it, movement made me feel. I found myself through movement intuitively really young when it wasn't okay to do that. Mm. And I realized that I, that is what I wanted to bring to the table that particularly for females, for women, I wanted them to get who they were by moving. Mm. And that has been kind of my in with, that drove me. I, mean, I worked, worked for women's magazines for 30 years, for God's sake. But I mean, it's over. I mean, I love work, working with men and kids and all that. But we have to know what our why is. And we can't right now lose sight of our why. We have a, a number of newbies that come in this industry who are going, oh, my God, I can't believe I got in this industry. You've got people who are in there temporarily who were doing other things. For example, you know, actors used to be waiters and now they're personal trainers. And I'm not saying that negatively, but, you know, I think a lot of them are actually pretty good when they've done the professional route of getting accredited and all that. And then you've got people who've been teaching a really long time and, and reexamining our why right now in this space of, of, of being home. 
we need to come back renewed, either more committed than ever, or look at our commitment, are we done? And can we, has this allowed what's going on to take our resiliency down a notch, or can we bounce back and manage the space for other people being and being in that space together? Mm. We're community, we're used to having interaction. The hardest thing I think for all these group X people teaching on Facebook is they're teaching to the little black hole that gives you no energy and having trained people how to be in front of the camera for long, so long, that's been their problem. They go, but I, but I'm used to getting energy from my class and now no one's getting that unless you're on zoom and can see them. Right. Mm. So it's re-examining what drives us as part of that process. And then looking at what is the space demand of me now? Like, where do I need to go with this? I think we're going to stay online, but I think when we come back into the clubs, there are people, and you know this yourself because you train people one-on-one, they crave that group interaction, Yeah. right? We also know that older adults, that it that, that is one of the drivers that lowers mortality rate because of interaction with others. So that's an actual proven research fact, you know, for that particular demographic. So how do we balance now having now been in isolation? You know, um, uh, going back into community, what we offer and how do we offer it? Do we need to allow space for the war stories? I'm going to call it the war story because fighting COVID is a war. And how much PTSD, I'll use that word in a respectful way, how much PTSD is, is everybody going to be when people go back to Group X? Or are you going to also be training your client and all they're going to talk about is what happened these three months, four months, whatever, or are we going to be able to move on with a different, excuse me, different mentality about how we, um, how we respect our body and habits, our brain, how we eat, how we look at what we need to do to move forward and do that together. I think that's one of the things that's going to happen. I do. Yeah, I believe it's already happening in in a lot of different ways, especially when I, you know, speak to my community of other health fitness professionals, clients, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, there is a sense of a much greater purpose in the sen- in the community area. When we've been in this industry, and you and I've been in there for 25 years, you've been in for 40 um, or somewhere there around, um, you know, community was it wasn't as it was it was known but it wasn't as much talked about i mean everything is community driven and that's why i believe so many different programs like zumba um and, and other ones that are you know expanding and and you know orange theory and and crossfit have grown exponentially because of that community driven focus um you know zoom and these online programs they don't really do that they offer you know, like a surface sense of community, but there is no substitute, in my opinion, and experience for that, you know, being next to somebody who's really trying to push themselves. And you look over and you're like, you know, go for it, bud, or, you know, you got it, come on, push through. Or when you're going through some kind of drill and, you know, you give somebody a high five, that physical touch, that kinesthetic, you know, feel of somebody's skin against yours feels different or when the instructor like comes over and puts their hand on your shoulder at the end of the class and said, you know, you really pushed yourself today. Congrats, you know, go have an awesome day. There's no substitute like that. And I feel like, you know, there's, there's going to be a, a, a conversation now of like, if we do this for long enough, right, if we're in this like online space of teaching 
does that become a new norm? And is it going to feel like people are putting that much more time into going to the gyms or to their local fitness center and having to spend 10, 15, 20 minutes even here in LA to get to those spaces and exercise when you're like, oh, wait, I got you know, my Peloton at home and uh, I don't need to drive. You know, I think right it's going to be twofold. So here's a couple things we have to consider. One is everyone's going to get really kind of gun shy about having somebody touch them. Mm-hmm. Like we're, you know, we, we are uh, we're already in the space of, can I touch you? Right. We're mm-hmm. already in the space of like, you know, I'm a toucher too. You know, I think nothing about putting my hands on somebody and saying your hips are uneven, Right. But, but I always preface it with, can I touch you? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think even more so that, that close, that proximity is going to be a consideration. I think gyms are going to, when they first open up, um, you personal training, but I'm saying in a gym setting, even with personal trainers on the gym floor, are going to start separating people and letting maybe there may be new rules or new guidelines and how people align and do those things in a gym. Mm. The second thing that's going to happen, and we had this conversation on the global call yesterday, was they're going to need to change how they do classes because, you know, when you start to think of when I look back at how many sweaty masks I've laid on that with somebody else's sweat is now really gross. Mm. It's become gross, but now even more so. Equipment's going to still need to be wiped down, whether it be, you know, you watch someone get off a bike, you can't be sure if they just wiped off their handlebars or their seat. So Mm. somewhere that hygienic new rule has to come into play where classes used to be butted back to back. You know, you go in, you do class and everyone puts their mats away. They put their dumbbells away. And then the next class follows in. I don't think that's going to be able to happen right now Mm. for a while. We're going to have to have a new norm because they're still talking about even if we're get fine again, it's going to happen again. Yeah, there's going to be another one in the fall, they were saying. And we didn't know if this is going to be another repeat of this, if this is a, a, as, the, as COVID mutates, which, you know, I've been watching it, you know, it's going to begin to create those kinds of problems. Mm. There are people who will go to the gym because they – just love that interaction. First of all, it gets them out of the house, gets them away from the kids if that's part of it. Um, it gets them, it allow, it gets them away from work. They get to just go in that space. I think what's going to happen, and it's already started, is that people are going to become to do a combination. So even gyms are going to have to do their due diligence. If someone's paying for membership, the smartest thing a gym can do is just film their back end of their own version of this. So a number of years ago when I was, you know, working in Minnesota, obviously I was tied lifetime, you know, corporate is there and they hired me and the crew and all of those to shoot my LT. I shot 85 classes for lifetime Hmm. so that their logic at the time, by the way, this was in 2014, six years ago. If, If a member didn't want to come to the gym, they would have to miss their workouts. Well, now we're looking at that even more so. So I think 24 hour has their version. I know that Alex Isley jumped on with sequential with all the nine boutiques and got something online, but we we're not, no one's able to, see, you know, come together to film. But I think every gym is going, I is going to come need to come together, whether the big boxes, I don't know what boutiques are going to do that. They may have to come up with their own version, but one of the scrambling right now is how as a brand, with everything going on with online, I just saw four new platforms that have only been up for two months for how you can do live streaming. Mm -hmm. I'm reviewing them all because it's going to be part of the norm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I think that people will still go to the gym, but I think maybe they'll go to the gym two or three days a week, some people, and then they'll do the rest online. Mm. Peloton made a huge impact because we now know how many people actually are cool with that. But at a certain point, maybe they want to try something else. If you're a run walker, if you're doing those kind of things, if you, be, you know, go to a training club and you want to go train for a 5k, you want to join a group, those will still all continue if you're doing those kinds of things. But I think everybody kind of now needs to re-examine their brand and the teachers and trainers that work for those particular brands may or may not be asked to do different things. I think they may have to look at their programming because now big box, they all have their own kinds of workouts. Mm. And now they may need to, to, to keep memberships happy. You know, I know lifetime suspended theirs, but I know that another gym uh, chain of which I don't remember who it is. Otherwise I'd say so they're still paying memberships because they have online. Mm. And so you keep paying your memberships. And my client in Australia did that. You keep paying your memberships. We'll even rent you out the dumbbells from mm. my gym. Wow. Take them home. And she does, um, she's leading cause she, uh, she's leading more like, um, boot camp type of things. Mm-hmm. She's got 12, 15 people in there every day. She showed me the screen. I watched it. It was on Facebook and you see all 15 people and she's high-fiving them and she's individually training them and she's done it really well. Mm. And so they've been able to maintain their memberships for those people that will do it at home with her there because they had, they had to be forced to close the gym. Mm. So that's one thing that I think we as a, as a, or as a community and as a, industry need to think about. And the other thing I need, I think we need to think about is for the long haul, um, how do we ourselves adjust and grow as professionals? I urge every professional who actually listens to this podcast to know that you you're being tested right now. Take this time to look at the kinds of things you may have really, that were kind of, yeah, I'll do it. The yeah, but I'll do it later. And you may not have the money, but invest in you find it and expand your career as you need to moving forward. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't be doing training and continue with what you want. If you're thinking, Oh, I'm going to go back to the grind. There shouldn't be a grind. You should be happy to go back. But what is it? Where are you at? What stage in your career? I know there's a lot of, and I'm going to call, um, I'm going to call this group because I'm in it is, um, um, uh, we're, we're, we're basically at a place where there's a lot of teachers who've been teaching forever and they're looking for another something else to add to their plate, something else to add to their resume that they really want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And now is the time for some people to maybe look at what they've been doing and if what they've put off, you know, this should be a wake up call that you, you know, we never know any day when we wake up what's going to happen and we all woke to the same thing. Yeah. So you may want to pursue something else. If you feel you need to up your training skills right now, if you need to go get recertified, take this time to do some self work on you so that you feel like you've supported your vision. Mm-hmm. You supported where you are with what you want in your career. And while you may not know what opportunity comes to you, I always tell people don't say no say yes and then figure it out. Yes, I agree. Right? I mean, rather yes. than say, oh, I don't have the skill. It's like, look at look at what are opportunities to you that may open up as our industry continues to evolve. Right? That would be my recommendation because online is not going to go away. No. It's going to become a big boom and it may 
maybe decrease a little as clubs open and people feel comfortable. I also think that those people who are looking to launch new businesses are having to look, become very specific about their USP mm -hmm. and find alternative ways in which they can reach the customer, the client that they want to, mm -hmm. and that they may be working with partners or bigger business ideas who are looking to them to help them in the interim, do the interim, figure it out, make sure you're getting paid for supporting a client during an interim and begin to work with them on when this is over, what does it look like? You shouldn't be waiting till it's over to see what happens. You should be thinking, this is what interim will always look like with this thing right now. Mm. Right. And because we're in California, we are all on stay at home. You've got States that are not, but everyone really needs to be responsible for making sure that this is over as soon as possible. But I do see how those things happen. And because community is important, that's part of the build of a new business mm. or support the business that you're working with so that you're able to do that. Yeah, those yeah. would be my suggestions moving forward. And if you've had an idea for a long time, don't put it on hold anymore. Think mm. about how can I enter the workforce with something where I now maybe people need what I thought about more than ever, you know? And for those people who are chronologically superior, which is anybody 45 and up, right? <laughs> that's that's me. my That's my phraseology for it. 50 plus. It's like, look, we're still all working. We're still all value. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we built this industry and we have, a, we have a lot that we can still offer, but I think a lot of people are just kind of looking at, all right, things are changing. Where's my place. And I think everyone's being able is being forced to look at it, including yeah. big clubs and what they offer. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do for certain. Um, and everything you said there was in my opinion, spot on. And I agree with a lot. The, the big clubs are going to have to shift. I mean, they Equinox, you know, I mean, they are, I would say the, the leading industry standard, you know, for so many, in so many different ways. Um, they suspended, you know, all, all usage and, you know, they aren't charging anybody membership. They're going to get hit financially super hard with this. And like you said, it's going to be a really challenge for people to come back into those big box gyms and feel safe, you know, getting on machines where somebody might've been sweating on it and touching it or on mats and group exercise classes. And you raise a really interesting point that we're going to have to raise our standards in those spaces as well and be much more vigilant about how we even approach it and, and, you know, wipe down equipment before you even get on it. Um, so they're going to have to definitely adjust and, and I'm sure they're doing it right now behind the scenes. And that's what, you know, makes these companies excel. And I believe you touched on a point like right now in this downtime, it's not just relaxed time. It's hustle time. It's time to reevaluate what you're thinking, doing and putting in the forefront of your mind, things that you may have put off because you were too busy. You made a good and interesting point where you said, you know, we as fitness professionals, you know, usually are, you know, practicing what we're preaching. However, that's not always the case because we're very busy individuals, even though we may be teaching in a club, you know, four times a day or, you know, working with five or six clients a day, one-on-one -on -one, or doing small group X and, you know, different types of uh, group exercise uh, protocols. We are tired. You know, we have families, we have other parts of our life that we have to address. Um, and we have internet, we have emails, we have stuff. 
and you get exhausted and you can't do it. But like right now is the time when you really should be getting into the things that you've put off in the past, um, you know, and put on the back burner. I think that's huge. It's the preparation, in my opinion, for the time when we get the green light to go ahead back into, you know, workspace and be able to do what we do. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'll give an example, like I shared with you just earlier that I've about a few weeks, a month before doing, you know, this all happened, went down. I figured that it was a good opportunity for me to rebrand my business and remodel it because I've been there for 13 years at my Westwood space. I called it Steve Jordan fitness. Um, it was built in and around me. My unique selling proposition at that time, 13 years ago was power plate, whole body vibration. I was the first one in Los Angeles and the second one in the United States, but I had a very unique opportunity to work with this tool and this machine, and I had an intrinsic understanding of its potential, but I was, oh boy, I was, in, like I alluded to earlier, in a, sh a shit show when I had, you know, bills and collectors three months over on my rents and everything, even the space where I lived, but I figured it out, and, you know, it was a learning experience where I was able to then live beneath my means, hunker down, and like, like prepare for a rainy day like today. And I'm able to sustain this for a period of time, but it's still scary to know that I'm back in this space again because I just rebranded. I just invested money into like changing up 80% of my space, equipment, flooring, everything. And this stuff is not cheap, as you know, and as you I know, know, fitness right. professionals sure. know. Um, and I rebranded the, the name. It's now called Westwood Private Fitness, making it more of a community-based driven space where it's rather than just really love me. that. Thank you. You know, bringing like the space of, you know, Westwood into it now, more of just Steve Jordan. It's now it's about Westwood and not me. So the point I'm making, and it's not about me or what I'm up to, it's about like using the time to really evaluate, like you said, what we're doing, what we did, and- <coughs> Tweaking, you know, I called it, you know, tweakology to be able to adjust in, you know, a different way of doing things. Because if we keep doing what we've been doing, we're going to keep getting what we've been getting. And as fitness professionals, we are sometimes <laughs> really stubborn. And that's what makes us good. Uh, that's what makes us driven and successful because we just go in it. We go at it with like gusto and, and laser vision. But it's also what oftentimes derails us and prevents us from getting further. Um, so, you know, if you, if you were giving suggestions to that individual, sometimes who doesn't have that flexibility in their mind, their focus to see, you know, outside the box and or who is expected <coughs> to look the way they did before, you know, this all went down, what would you, what kind of advice, veteran advice would you give somebody in the industry who, who needs that, like, tweak or the vision, uh, you know, change or, um, you know, just the ability to see things a little bit differently. So here it is. Ready? Yeah. You're going to love it. It's very simple. <clears throat> um, if plan A doesn't work, there's 25 other letters in the alphabet. Mm. Cool. So we, we think that plan A looks like this and it's a straight line there, right? Mm-hmm. And usually it's a squiggly design and re-railed design that you won't recognize except for doodling. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that is whatever letter it is. I find that if I only allow myself to think about plan A, which is when I particularly work with clients and even for myself, 
I never, I never rely on plan A. It's a beautiful thing if plan A works. And there's nothing wrong with G. Mm-hmm. But you go through the process and the steps. And it's also you begin to learn your greatest strengths by I find that sometimes plan G was much better than A because I've had to examine everything that I never thought about plan A. And two years down the line, I would have lost everything if I had done plan A because I never thought about G in the first place. Mm. Now, I'm one of those that like to think of all those things, which is what I present to my clients. That's kind of my USP, right? Mm-hmm. Personally, when I work with a client, but I'm going to tell anybody that it's it, it's hard to, you know, when to not allow yourself sometimes that I'm going to call it flexibility. You've got, mm-hmm. we have to be in flex mode. You have to allow yourself. That's what part of resiliency is. Mm-hmm. Resiliency is also ben, being a bendy a little, mm-hmm. you know, and allowing yourself to grow as you know more. Mm. For people who've never, oh, and I'll give you, here's a good example. And it's very poignant right now. And I was talking on this, with, like I said, with this global group last night, and I talked to two people about it today, this morning. We had the same conversation. So I'm going to lay it out there to your to your listeners. You have a certain group of personal trainers. Like you went out on your own. You have your own business. You have your own place, and it's about you, right? Um, you have some people who went into the personal trainer space who went from deciding they wanted to be a personal trainer, getting their certification, and immediately got hot getting hired by a chain. And there's, by the way, there's, there, this is completely neutral. There's no good, bad, right, wrong to any of this. Okay. But they got hired by a chain and chains have their rules and guidelines and they learn how to teach that way. Or they go to work for, let's say, if you were hiring trainers, they get to be their way, but there's certain caveat that's Steve Jordan, right? That's you, that you want everyone to be able to do who trains people in your space. That's all some of these people know. So now the gyms have laid them off. They have a degree. They're a good trainer, but they don't know the first thing about how to be a personal trainer owning their own business. And this is the time to begin to look at, number one, do I want to go back into a gym? And that's all I know. Or do I need to make sure, because I could have been personal training my own clients on Zoom all the time with my own business, do I actually need to find out what it takes to get a DBA, get a business license, you know, with my company, Professional Fitness Services, has been my DBA since, I mean, that's my consulting business. You know, that's what I do when someone hires me. So I've had that as a business. And that's what you get. And yes, I've got associates that may turn them on to that. But I made the decision a long time ago. But a lot of personal trainers now are stuck because they can't, they haven't been able to do that yet. So my suggestion and thought process is, what do you need to do now to take care of you? It doesn't mean the gym's not going to take care of you. Right now, you're not being taken care of. And you don't have an income because you work for a chain. Again, not a negative. So it, It's perfect for certain kind of personality. It wasn't right for you. Certainly not right for me. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I had my own thing going on. But I did it, it for a it, few years, and it helped me build the the. The basics, basics, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I look back and I'm grateful I spent those few years doing it. I learned all the skills that I needed to 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 do and how how I do things now for sure. And so I think that these are some of the thought processes for people. It's like, what if this happens again? Do you want to get stuck being furloughed again? And Mm -hmm. the other thing that I want to say to the fitness industry, people say to me, What if you could have gone back and done thing any different, what would you have done? I, I opened my studio in 1980. And in those days, you know, aerobics was hot. 
the word aerobics itself. There weren't even big box. Nautilus Plus didn't even open until after that, right? There was, mm. you know, Lucille, whatever. But there Lucille wasn't Roberts. Big box. There yeah. was no big box. There was no big box. Nautilus mm-hmm. Plus was one of the first, um, which made me have to move my business because I was a boutique. There was me and Candace Copeland Brooks who had Body Express. There was Jane Fonda's. There was Voight. That was LA. I was in the Valley, right? Mm. And we were all doing what's now called boutique business. Mm-hmm. Charge X amount for unlimited classes, pay by the class. We were doing it then. And then Big Box came in and they were $99 a year with everything. Mm. So everybody had to rethink their business. But at the time, all I had to do was put a sign up on the door that said aerobics and they came just like Field of Dreams. Build it and they'll come. And they all did. If I had to go back and do it again, I never took a business course in my life. Mm-hmm. I've learned by hard knocks and a hard way around it. So my suggestion is people, you have some business savvy, you've been able to have a business, is if you don't know enough about business, guess what? You're going to be holed up for another few months. Go take a business course. Learn something about how to run a business because I've had to learn. And now, much as I understand a certain amount of technology, I'm a technonaut, I'm having to learn a whole new phase that has, it's like, kind of doing zoom and doing the things we do is like a production. I have a crew who works for me. They do that for me. Mm-hmm. I'm having to nag relearn so much at this stage because technology is changing all the time. We're always learning. So I would say to people, if you really want to go into business, learn something about business at the same time that you get your certification and begin to look at how to, you know, be able to manage things for yourself and support yourself Mm. would be one of the things that I would suggest, particularly to personal trainers for group X. It's those people who only talk group X. How can you expand and do the same thing, but begin to learn how to train groups and community and put that together for yourself along with social media. If you don't have the skills, there are so many offerings. Now, a lot of them are for free or for nominal where you can begin to learn about how to run a social media page. How do you use zoom? How do I start a business? You know, we you know, it's a women's organization, women and fitness association, um, AFS, you know, association of fitness studios. There's so many organizations that are offering tools so that we as an industry become more professional with the skills we don't know. Mm. And that would be my biggest suggestion right now. Mm. I love that. Because, I mean, that's going to make, you know, the, 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 what's between our ears is our biggest commodity for what we do. How do we capitalize on that gray matter of we never stop learning? Look, you know, neuro, I went into the neuro side of things about five years ago and all the research. And I've been writing neuro manuals, creating neuro programs. Here's what we know. And maybe this will give everybody a kind of food for thought, which is about your brain. You know, in the old days, we thought, you know, neuroscientists thought that our brains stop growing. Like we never could advance ourselves past a certain age. Right. And so the use it, lose it comes into play here. You know, we're in a crisis now with dementia, Alzheimer's, cognitive degenerative diseases, right? Here's what we know. Certain exercises and certain things are going to help train your brain from a standpoint of memory. Certain exercises are going to help you focus. We can learn to improve our executive function skills. People who are scattered can become non-scattered. There is a plethora of information about what we do from a physicality standpoint. Are you even offering those skills to your clients or not? Okay. Learn more about what we need to do during this time of how we can stretch our brain because now we know that our brain never stops. We gain what's called neuroplasticity. 
as long as we challenge our brain, our brain will support us and it will keep growing. It'll keep changing, but we have to challenge our brain. So becoming a, uh, you know, a potato spud and sitting and saying, well, when this is over, I'll get back to it. It's not the answer. Mm. And that's why I'm saying go learn. If you need to, if there's something you wanted to do. If you feel you don't have the business skill, you are terrified of thinking, okay, if the gym's going to shut down again in six months, but they're going to bring us back. What do I need to do? Because I love what I'm doing. I love my clients. I need to find a way to do that. And there's, and when you look at competition, it's not about the competition. If they listen to what you said, Steve, and you said, I had to figure out who I was that makes me different from every other personal trainer. And you've been massively successful as I've been successful with identifying to clients what I can bring them that nobody else can do. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got that gift. Everyone's got their gifts. They're different. But everyone's got them and everyone has, just has to become familiar with them and then own it, like really own it and say, this is what I do and not apologize for it. This is what I do. This is, this is who I am. This is what I can bring you. And yes, there's lots of other people who do this too, but this is how I do it. And this is how I can help you. Mm-hmm. And I think right now is an awesome time for you to build that confidence and build that foundation. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you just, you just really touched on so many amazing points. It's hard to like, to narrow it all down, but I want to just go back to this one word that stands out integrity, right? Having integrity and in, for yourself, for your business, uh, keeping your standards high. And if, when, if, and when you can do that, you know, the, the sky's the limit and you will have the, the success, you will have the momentum, you will build the business, you know, of your dreams and live the life that you love and love the life that you live. Well, it's true. You know, I mean, look, I look at it this way. When you go to sleep at night, the only thing you go to bed with is your own integrity. Hmm. And, if, and if that keeps you up at night, based on what you've been asked to do, what you'll agree to do hmm. to survive, when those conflict, do you take the higher road and say, this goes against everything I believe in. I can't do it just because I'm getting paid. Hmm. And some people will do that. And some people won't no judgment, by the way, everyone has to, you know, make their, make their own decision. I know I want to be able to go to sleep at night and get a good night's sleep and know that I've done what I need to do, not only for my clients, but for myself. And I'm not going to get either bullied into doing something or I'm going to be lambasted or disrespected because I disagree with them, I should be able to move forward with what I consider the integrity that I offer to the people that I work with. Hmm. If somebody asks my opinion, it's what is it? It's my opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but it's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and looking at it and feeling confident with knowing that you're, you are standing by, and I will standing by what you really believe in. And I do, I do know now that does come a little bit, um, with maturing, mm-hmm. it does come a little bit with age. Yeah, it does. And going through and going through experiences like we're going through now, right? Yeah. With and and that comes with age and time and experience. It goes through. You go through ups and downs, just like health and fitness. It's never, uh, you know, a, an always upward, you know, positive journey. There's going to be downs. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to fall back. You're going to miss a couple days, weeks, months, whatever it looks like. But you get back up. And you do what you do and you do it with a little better, a little better with a little bit more uh, mindfulness, thoughtfulness and having, and having more integrity. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is I think people are more, I think people are now going to be more sensitive to 
people want people want a lot of things right now. But I think one of the things they really want more than anything else, particularly because we're now becoming so accustomed to online, right? And even even on a phone, if I was on the phone with you, right, and we weren't looking at each other, you know, I might be, you know, multitasking and doing lots of things. You know, right now you'd see me do all that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the authenticity, the other word I'm going to add is, and it's a word overused a lot right now. Integrity might be overused, but I think they go hand in hand. People are looking for an authentic experience. Mm-hmm. Experience is overused, but it's really people have become so desensitized with their phone. If one more person walks in front of me in the street when my car is moving and they never stopped and just walked, I could scream. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. We've become much more unconscious and not saying everybody, but in general, society has become very me oriented and unconscious, but we've also become desensitized to all of it. Mm. Oh, well, and I think that's what we're seeing now in the middle of this big crisis is like, who steps up? Yeah. You know, and in whatever field you're in, whatever it is, you stepping up could simply be staying home mm. because you believe it's the right thing to do, which goes hand in hand with integrity. Right. Um, a lot of people are losing their tempers today. Mm. You know, it's like, what causes that? You know, it's like, do we really need to be patient or do we get to say, I don't really need to be in this scenario. I'm going to remove myself. That's my own integrity saying, don't need to be in this scene right now. Mm. And it depends on how people want to define it. Again, no good, bad, right or wrong. Everybody has those decisions to make for themselves. You know, when I'm on stage or when I'm doing a presentation or when I'm in class, I mean, you know, I'm flipped up and I'm very much an extrovert, right? And I'm out there, I put out, I do. And I'm finding myself, I'm managing my offices at home, right? I'm finding myself very fine to be able to manage in my situation. And because I'm managing with the way I'm doing uh, this style of, of, of communication and the people mm-hmm. that I choose to do it, I, I'm not really feeling separate. Yeah. I, and so I, people have to take same. responsibility for that too. It's like, Oh, I'm so separated. Well, okay. And, and I think some people have a hard time being with themselves. Mm. So it's, it's leaves people with a lot of thoughts that they need to kind of figure some things out. It's not all wrong. You know, it, it's, it's like, I'm finding I need more sleep right now and I'm allowing myself to do it. I still make my bed every morning. Why? Because it makes me feel like I've done something. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, do, I still walk the dog twice a day. I still get dressed every day. You know, it's, yeah. Do I put makeup on every day? No, but that has nothing to do with, with the fact that there's a virus, you know, so I'm worrying I'm not need to do that. Right. So yeah. we have to look at the things that are important to us. And some people have to get up and do those things every day to feel whole, whatever it takes for, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. But I think people are now being really forced to take a inner look at what is important. Um, kids are home right now for those people who have families. Um, couples, you know, they're expecting divorce rates to go up. I mean, unfortunately, they're looking at domestic violence is up. There's certain levels of abuse that are up and we need to look at what pushes us. And, but that's all part of resiliency and how we manage things. You know, um, I've been through three earthquakes in California. Um, last year I was evacuated for the first time. I've lived in this house for 37 years, never had to evacuate for a fire, got sick after it. And being through that evacuation process, you've seen it a million times on the news. I can't tell you the people, I mean, that called and reached out. I lost a shock. I mean, my house is fine, but you know, 
you go through, we, we're being tested right now. You yeah. know, Mother Earth is not happy. I don't want to get into all of that, but Mother Earth is not happy. And those of us who feel really tied to humanity and Earth and what is important, movement is part of that natural life fluidity to me mm. as part of my philosophy. It's like we move through life and we have to find a way to, as part of sustainness, mm. which is another way for saying resiliency. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's philosophical, I guess yeah. I'm saying to you. So how do we manage that? How do we do it? I mean, how do we be kind, which we should be doing, and find ways in which we can't be one way, one way, and then we step out of the situation and it all goes away. It's like, who are we really? Mm. And that's what we bring as professionals with what we do because we deal with people every day. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, this brings a, a point and, and, and let's make this the final point. You know, there was the World Trade Center, you know, during that time was a, a nationwide, you know, scare affliction that we had so many people like reaching out and being kind and doing things that, you know, the communities that were built in the, 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 the support was just overwhelming. Were you in New beautiful. Jersey then? You were in New I Jersey was. There. I was. Yeah, I was. I was actually working in New York City at the Sports Club LA and Rockefeller Center. Um, I wasn't in the city. I've been that, to that club. Yeah, it was a beautiful club. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I used to do a lot of shape shoots there in the day. Did you? Yeah, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous club. Gorgeous, I opened it up. Gorgeous place. Yeah, and uh, I was in New Jersey at the time uh, that morning that it happened. I actually had a modeling shoot the afternoon, and, and I don't model. It was just someone that I knew through somebody that thought I'd be the perfect fit for this one particular role. So I wasn't in the city, but I ended up um, – you know, you end up, we ended up doing all these great, like altruistic things for the community and people around us. But once we got stable and everything kind of went back to, you know, back to business, so normal. <clears throat> and I don't want to say that word normal because that implies that it's going to be the way it was. Um, but back to, you know, things going to a, a normalcy, people started to lose that. And that's been some of the conversation I've had with some people. Like right now, everybody's, concerned and reaching out and, you know, reaching out to people. And there's this, you know, again, the sense of community and love and kindness. My question to you is how do we hold on to that? How do we maintain that two months, six months, a year, five years from now, once this has all been put to the side? You know, um, I've asked myself that because I've seen that drop off, you know, when the fires happened, all that happened here with us. Right. And and I know that even when with 9-11, you know, I mean, I, I got a phone call from for me on that day. I got a phone call from my neighbor that said, turn on the TV. It was like it was 10 to six. I mean, I watched the second tower fall. I, I thought I mean, I was so asleep and I dogs came with me, ran in to look at the TV because I don't have a TV in my bedroom. That's like. No, no. Yep. And, um, Thank, uh, no feng shui. That doesn't, it just doesn't work for couples, right? You know, so yeah. there was, there was no, there's no phone in that. There's no uh, TV in the bedroom. But what I was going to say is we're sitting here watching the television. And I, I literally thought I was watching a movie. Like I didn't even grasp the enormity of what that was. And I was physically ill. It's the same thing as being, I was 13 when Kennedy got killed. Hmm. And I remember sitting with my parents and my brother and sister and school. They let school out and the drama queen with the drama teacher was crying and everybody was, it was, it, it was those kinds of things that become an imprint. And so the reason I'm bringing up imprinting is the emotional imprint that those things leave 
never really, I could conjure that up right now and I can see myself sitting here and, 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 and the feeling of watching the tower fall mm. and everything, what I experienced looking at the Me fires, too. remembering Canada, it's, it's 1963 for gosh sake. So you don't lose that. And not that we need to ever dwell on it. I think that because of what I said previously about the desensitization, you know, desensitizing of our culture is not helping any. Mm. I would love this to be a wake up call because people are now calling each other again, as opposed to texting as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that wake up call is going to be, but this being severe enough, it might be a shakeup over the long haul because we're going to be changing so much as you know, there's so much talk. I don't even want to get into this subject about 5g and all the warnings and the disasters and some of the things that people are predicting. It, it the, the picture does not look as rosy from where I sit moving mm. forward. I wouldn't want to be raising a young child right now, mm. you know, mm. from a, again, a, a theoretical standpoint, but I think we need to, it goes back to something that we discussed together already, which is we need to know who we are. You need to know who you are as a person. What is your humanness? What is your boundary? What will you tolerate? What is your integrity? And you operate from that space. And I'm going to say 99.9 because everyone's got their 0.01 point of their off day and lose it. But if we can stick and hold the space of who we are and connect with other like-minded people to do that and move forward in a positive way, I think we have more of a chance. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my, it's about as far in the future as I can think, because it's, we don't know. You know, we've got to land on the other side where we're still doing good. I, I, I truly believe innately that people are good. You know, I may be a bit of a, you know, a, someone who's looking at something through rose colored glasses still, maybe, maybe it's because I was raised that way. Maybe it's because I'm old enough to know better. Maybe I know it's because it will all come around because I've lived through enough disasters. Right. Then I still know that on the other side of this is something else. I just, not quite sure that is what it is. Am I as committed to fitness and wellness and well-being to people and giving them their best life? Yes. Right. Um, and, and for me, you know, um, I've started a new business and I'm bringing that up because it has to do with what we're talking about. It's called rescape. There is no word. Rescape is like, you get to escape your life any way you want it. We were launching and then all this happened. Mm. And so rescape wellness is the new way in which it's aimed at 50 plus because I'm kind of in that age range, but rescaping allows you rescape isn't even a word in the dictionary and mm. I actually got my LLC and, you know, register for my trademark. But the idea of rescaping, I said to my business partners, I'm having to, we're having to rescape our business before we ever launch because of this, but maybe I'm having to learn my own lesson Mm. in this way. And I'm bringing up rescape, not to really promote my business because it's not launched yet, but it's a word that means a lot to me. When you look at the rewords, we're having to redefine, we're having to reframe, we're having to reboot. We're having to get a chance to look and scape and draw that picture of what we want it to look like. And we get to keep changing that drawing as we move forward. So I offer that as a solution that everybody's got that opportunity to do that. If I, if you're going to relandscape your yard, you're going to say I'm relandscaping. You're not saying I'm landscaping. You're saying I'm relandscaping. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at life that way, which is why I named the business rescape. 
Mm. We get that opportunity. And I felt like moving forward, this is like my third act here. You know, this is like my last phase of what I feel is my legacy in this industry of what do I, what can I teach trainers? Mm. You know, what can I teach people who want to have the experience of taking the opportunity to do what you swore that is on your, you know, your, we, they aspire to do that. They're too afraid to do or didn't do. Now is the time to do that. And I think even more so we're in a position collectively as a community of fitness and wellness community and industry to do that and help people do that. That's what I'll leave you with. Awesome. You are awesome. Thank you very much for being on the show and accepting my invitation. You are truly a legend. Uh, you have left a legacy already. Uh, you've touched literally millions of people's of lives and you've touched mine in a profound way where, you know, since uh, if you can recall, I brought this book out just for the celebrity yes. edge. If you remember that book and pod fitness, I was part of that elite group of trainers and that I got uh, to manage and work you, with all of you. It was, yep. it, it was awesome. It was fantastic. And I remember when we wrote that book, yep. you know, I got to work with all of you and I, I feel that we did something that had not been done. And that's exactly what you talked about earlier. We were, and I have been, and you've been many times too far ahead of ourselves where this was one of those things, you know, where it was just maybe a few years too soon. That was 2006. Yeah. You know that? It was 14 yeah. years ago that we did that way ahead of its time. It was 80 trainers of you. Do you know that they moved on to kind of go through different reiterations and mm -hmm. moved on to that company became Proactive Health Services. And I ended up, there still was 11 trainers of which one was myself still doing the, um, the workouts, but it's working with a company called Bigger Room now, okay. which is awesome. I'd love to explain that to you at some point, but it has yeah. survived pieces of it Great. that we started to be a very modern platform for trainers to use, by the way, and modern in how it's done that has kind of gone into bigger than just exercise. It's gone into the whole wellness capacity. So I helped to build that platform and I'm really proud of it. So um, our little piece that we did together was fantastic. And people that was, you know, if you look at it, the beginning of, non being in the same place. It's like even less than zoom people had to listen to your words mm -hmm. and we all had to become better communicators because they couldn't see you. You were in their ear. Yeah. If you think about where that now went, so now you have people complaining about, Oh, well, zoom, I can't reach out and touch you saying, yeah, well, I'm in their ears. So think about that one. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was the iPod. It was the, when the iPod first came out, that's why when the iPod first came fitness. out. And we certainly, we changed everything at that time. Yeah. So now we're online and people can see you and we're changing it again. And I think, you know, and as we move forward with AI, you know, with artificial, you know, uh, reality, AR, sorry. not AI, but AR, which is beyond AI. If we go for it, I mean, literally I could take my phone and wave it around and I can, you know, look in my heart in the middle of my space. I can, you know, bring up something to help me exercise because uh, Artificial reality is is a new wave that I think a lot of fitness people may or may not know about, but it is coming. So along with beyond Zoom and along being this way, we're looking at how do I recreate Steve Jordan? I just have to take my phone and I want to bring up my trainer. I get to take my phone and put it right here in my space in my office. And you're going to stand there, voila, and talk to me and train me. And it's going to be your hologram. Wow. So I'm predicting now <laughs> and I've seen it. And I've been working with some people on some things. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. 
but that is coming. Wow. So if you look at where we're going, forget Zoom, you know, artificial reality or augmented reality is really is what it's called, um, is, is, is coming. Well, and it's going to change that. everything for us, right? You don't even have to be there, but they'll feel like it's like, what was it? You know, like um, in Star Wars, you know, when, when, when uh, Yoda, yeah, when Yoda comes up and Skywalker and it shows them, okay, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where yeah. we're going in our industry. Hmm. Well, keep me in mind. I'd like to be in the forefront of that and the pioneer. We'll chat. Yeah, for sure. And again, just to, to reiterate, Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you've You're done. You're welcome. It was fun. It was great. We get to it connect. It has been. Happy to do this with you. I appreciate it. And we'll definitely need to stay more closely connected for sure. Yeah, I look forward to that. For more information or support on how you can be healthy and fit, visit my website at stevejordan.com or follow me on Instagram at stevejordanlifestyle. Subscribe to I Am Healthy and Fit wherever you are listening so you don't miss any future episodes that could better your health and fitness. One last favor, friends. Please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Your rating and comments not only help my podcast reach more people, but you could literally be saving someone's life who found it because of your feedback. Thanks again for listening and stay healthy and fit.